This is Dreamwalker 1960. As a reminder, you can read the transcripts of all my podcasts at dreamwalker1960.com. You can use most podcast platforms if you wish to listen. All you need to do is do a search for Dreamwalker 1960. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 17 through 19. For this time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Now, if the righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and the sinful appear? Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good, as to a faithful creator. God will weed out those that do not follow his commandments in the last days before his return. They will enter into trials and tribulations like they have never seen before. Many, especially those that profess their belief and faith in God, will be amongst them. Those testing the ones that are truly faithful to God will insist they are right. That what they say is the truth. However, it will not stand up to scripture. One of the biggest weeding tools will be the events that surround the tribulation period. Why? Because many will not accept the literality of the Bible. They will turn it into myths and fables and embrace them. 2 Timothy 4, 1-5 I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead, at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Always stick to the literal nature of scripture. When you don't, you open yourself up to false teachings, for you in essence add to or take away from scripture, especially those that deal with the tribulation. Revelation 22, 18-19 for I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written within this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. How many grasp the implications of these verses? How many show their lack of understanding the Word of God 
which is the Bible. How many have taught false teachings about the coming tribulation period and what will occur within it, causing many to embrace myths and fables? It is important that each person that accepts Christ as their Savior learn the Bible for themselves. Not just read it, study and learn it. Why? Because humans are corrupt. We are always corrupt and will remain so until we meet Christ in the clouds for those that have proven themselves worthy in his eyes. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 51-54 Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruptible, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Even when we accept salvation, we struggle with sin unto the end. This is why we must remain vigilant. The only true way of being so is to study the Word of God. Truly study it. Dig into the Word and come to truly understand what is written there. Along these lines of studying the Word of God, I encountered an epiphany as I was writing this podcast, and I was studying the Bible. Some podcasts ago, to be specific, podcast number 135, I talked about the warning given to those of the city of Laodicea, that they were warned. Then an earthquake struck the city. Then they rebuilt it and returned to their sins. But what was the epiphany? It was this. 1906, April 18th, at 5.12 a.m., the city of San Francisco was destroyed in an earthquake and then a fire. The city was drenched in sin and lavish wealth and luxuries. You could say that sin ran rampant throughout the city. This city was rebuilt and grew into prosperity to the point that a bridge was built stating it was the gateway to wealth and luxury once again. Then once again it began to decline into sinfulness, becoming the focal point of quote-unquote free love in the 1960s and the abandonment from the morals taught within the Bible. Since the 60s it declined even further into sin. From the sins in this city it spread into the entire state of California. Then a woman came into a place of power and shoved the immorality of this city she lived in upon the rest of the nation with the help of the platform quote-unquote Twitter, causing the debauchery of this city to be pushed not only across the entire nation, but globally. The city's true depraved behavior has in some form influenced the entire nation of the United States of America, all due to a few pushing their lust and desires as well as their avarice upon those across the nation, unaware that it was only the actions, thoughts, and behavior of a few, not the majority. 
However, the majority cannot be let off the hook. For most profess to be following Christ, yet their lack of truly understanding the Word of God allowed them to be fooled into embracing sin, supporting sin, indulging sin, causing the entire nation to become polluted in the mire and self-worship and self-indulgence. Sins that were seen within the Bible and made clear that those that live this way will not be allowed to enter into the kingdom of heaven. 1 Corinthians 6, 9-10 Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. San Francisco was the modern Laodicea. Now it is too late for redemption, for the United States has turned itself into the city of Babylon from the 18th chapter of the book of Revelation, which fulfills prophecy. There is no praying for the United States of America. The United States of America is now a prophecy coming into fulfillment. Praying for the nation to fully return to God is not being loyal to God. What is required is to bring the remnant to God. Yes, pray for the people of the nation, but not for the nation itself, for it is lost as was foretold by the book of Revelation. Teach the children of God. Turn them away from what has power over this nation and will continue to have until prophecy is fully completed. Revelation chapter 18 verses 2 through 3. And he cried mightily with a loud voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become a dwelling place for demons, a prison for every foul spirit, and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. This is what controls the United States. Therefore, we must all become Epipharis, Luke, and Domenus, spreading the word of God in the churches and in the streets. We are already in the last generation that will see all the judgments be fulfilled upon those who live upon this planet. Teach the true word of God. Fully spread the gospel to all the states of this once proud nation that has forgotten where it came from and for who. Along this line of epiphanies, an additional one occurred a bit later and is something that I will not say is truth. However, I truly feel it is something that does need to be contemplated. Too many forget the other half of Jesus Christ and what it means to all of us. Yes, he was the Son of God. Yes, he is God. I will never deny or question this. He walked with humans. He ate food and went to the bathroom. He was carried in the womb of a woman. Yes, he was conceived with the Holy Spirit, but it was still a human egg in a human's ovaries. Why push this point? I will explain. 
a while back I saw that someone made a movie in which the child, quote-unquote Jesus, performed miracles. This is found nowhere in the Bible. We have to come to an understanding about the human half of Jesus. Romans chapter 5, verses 12 through 19. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and the death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sin. For until the law, sin was in the world. But sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgressions of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. But the free gift is not like the offense. For if by the one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned, for the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation, but the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. For if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in the life through the one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as through one man's offense judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. It is due to Jesus being conceived with the Holy Spirit is what enabled him to live 30 years without falling into temptation, because he was still human. His mother was born in corruption, as was all of humanity. It is due to the Holy Spirit he had more knowledge of the Scripture than the Sadducees and the Pharisees, which caused them to be in awe of him when he was just a child. This is all we hear of these 30 years. For that is all that is important. We know that all other humans sinned, yet Jesus never did. This is all due to his conception, for the Holy Spirit is not in him for these years. This is made clear in the Bible, Matthew 3, 13-17. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you are coming to me. But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be now, for thus it is fitting for as to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And suddenly a voice came from the heavens, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, 
the heavens were opened up to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. So, from the point of his conception in the womb until his baptism, the Holy Spirit was not in his life. However, he was sinless, something no one else with a human body has accomplished. This was due to how he was conceived. The rest was his nature that existed within his human body. This is one of the factors which caused the voice of God to be heard saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. How can God be pleased in him now, when at this point he had only now been baptized? It is because he got to this point sinless and overcame the natural temptations that all humans encounter. However, when you say things like this, people seem to throw a hissy fit. They say Jesus was always and is always God, yet he never performed any miracles before his baptism. The Holy Spirit did not enter him until his baptism. When you take the verses from Romans into consideration, we can see that there is credence to what I just said, because Christ was sent to redeem all of the human race by the fact that he was sinless. Now, when mentioning temptation, people refer to the 40 days in the desert that follows his baptism. This is a different temptation, is on an entirely different level and type. This is the devil himself tempting the Son of God in his full power that is given unto him through the Holy Spirit being fully within him. But I need to backtrack to a point I made a few moments before. It comes from understanding Christ making it 30 years without sin in his human body. A corrupt body. Again, someone will be throwing a hissy fit here. First off, by getting upset, you are letting the flesh win and not the Holy Spirit if you are following Christ. Please stop and listen. This is important because it deals with our corrupt nature, which all humanity is born with, including Jesus through his mother Mary. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit, it is an opening within our existence to be like Jesus Christ, who lived 30 years without committing a single sin, period. He accomplished it, and due to doing so, God his Father acclaimed him. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. God wishes to say this to us all. However, most wish to ignore this. They wish to see Jesus as holy his entire life. This, I believe, defeats the task Christ came to fulfill. To be able to be forgiven every sin upon the cross, he had to know the temptations of sin by having a corrupt body. It is only when the Holy Spirit returns to him that his ministry as the coming of the kingdom of God began. It is here upon his baptism that grace truly begins and the fact that he made it to this point sinless in what was corrupt and now made holy by the presence of the Holy Ghost within him. This gives all glory to God our Creator, his Father, as it should be. Why? Because if Jesus Christ could endure temptation, once we are born again and baptized ourselves, we have no excuse to allow sin to endure within us. 
for we have a part in our salvation. If we do not abide in him, he will not abide in us. John 15:1-6. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the words which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abide in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bear much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. Time is nearly up. We must all fix our relationship with the Creator of all through Jesus Christ. God bless. Make it count, leave a mark, build a name for yourself. Dream your dreams, chase your heart above all else. Make a name the world remembers. But all an empty world can sell is empty dreams. I got lost in the light, but it was up to me to make a name the world remembers. But Jesus is the only name to remember. And I Jesus
I don't want to leave a legacy. I don't care if they remember me. Only Jesus.